This is is the the Legs and Eggs Podcast, starring Fupa Jones, Heather, Heather, Clem Stone, and Sarah Ruthless. So I go to send Clem a text, and I forgot the last thing I sent to her was a gif of the OJ Chase. So much in the Ford Bronco just go and get chased <laughs> by the cops right now. I think we'll be chasing us in our minds for the rest of our lives. We'll never find the real killer and I'll never rest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still watching it. Did you guys know that that was Domino's biggest day for sales? <laughs> Not surprised. <laughs> no, that is a true fact. That was Domino's biggest day was the Bronco because everybody sat home and fucking ordered pizza for dinner. Let's go around the room and and talk about where we were when the OJ chase happened. Is that okay? Or we don't want to do that. Oh, so I was um, dating Eric and we had gone to my parents' house like for a visit or to pick something. We, like, we weren't planning to stay. And then the chase happened and we couldn't leave. We had to watch. Sarah, where were Not you? Exciting. It's just um, no, I it's in, true. I was in my parents' living room and I was flipping through the channels and it was on every fucking day. And then they had like on MTV, they would play like the reenactments. They did that with the OJ Simpson trial and the Michael Jackson trial. And I watched those because I found them humorous. Oh, right. Fupa, where were you? I was I was at a party uh, at my friend Beth's house. We used to have parties there. We were playing volleyball in the yard when, when it started happening, and then we all we all started watching it. And it was like the party house because like our parents were away and stuff, so you'd, you'd have your underage drinks, and you know that was fun with the OJ trial going on. So that's where I was. Dude, I suck. I was at work. Oh, ah. you missed it. You were at work for both the OJ trial and 9-11. That sucks. I was, uh, I was at work for 9-11, too. I was at home. We all know Fupa was jacking off at his desk. On the show again. I just can't wait to get on that show again. The life I love is sucking dick and giving head. Cause I can't wait to get on that show again. On my show again. Like a band of gypsies ride my Hershey Highway. Feels good in my rear end. Cause I can't wait to get on that show again. In March of 1980, multiple female students at Southern California universities complained that someone had painted their toenails as they were studying in the library. Police dubbed the perpetrator Leonardo de Toenail. A man was eventually apprehended carrying 15 bottles of fingernail polish, but let go because police hadn't caught him in the act. Unable to stop himself, he was caught painting Women's toenails again the following year, and this time was ordered to a hearing at the city attorney's office, but he never showed up and was not seen again. 
Hi, this is Trailer Sailor. When you're bored, meet up with neighborhood kids. Find a branch, cut the end into a spear, stick a crab apple on the end, and thrust the apple at your friends. Hi, this is Trailer Sailor. I'm going to show you how to play records and jump on your bed to the music. Hi, this is Trailer Sailor. When you're a latchkey, you have to use the landline to call your friends or anyone else you may know. You may need to ask for the person if another person answers the phone. Hi, this is Trailer Sailor. When you go to the record store, you'll find parental advisory stickers on an album that you're looking for. That's the one you buy. Hi, this is Trailer Sailor. Whether it's a pogo stick or a pogo ball, pogo. Hi, this is Trailer Sailor. You should walk everywhere with your friends or siblings and fill your pockets with candy that you steal from the store. Hi, this is Trailer Sailor. Don't push farts to impress friends. Nobody's impressed walking next to someone who sharded. I got a white claw surge, baby. Let's fucking go. Dick Clark hosted New Year's Rockin' Eve from 1973 to 2004. Hashtag facts. I never understood the premise. Like, there were two dads? Yeah. And they, oh, they didn't know which one was the father. Right. Uh, yeah. It was before DNA. And she lived with, like, both of them. Yeah. And there was, was Paul Reiser and not Paul Reiser. It was, yeah. yeah. Balky. And not Paul Reiser was, was like Greg, the hot dad. It was Greg Evans. <laughs> my dad used to be like, this show should just be called My Mom's a Whore. Uh, no! <laughs> Isn't she dead? Hi. Guys, somebody's here. <laughs> What's up? What's happening? I've broken in. I've, I've hacked into the mainframe. I'm in. It's terrible. It's boring. I live a meaningless life every day on a gigantic starship that incorporates entire planets full of species and beings living far more interesting lives than I ever will. So uh, I'm, I'm doing this podcast with my friend Alex. We're up. Wolf Mountain Workshop is the is the name we put it under. We wrote this thing. We've been writing it for about a year now. It's a sci-fi office comedy podcast. It stars two aliens on a ship that eats worlds. The ship goes around the universe. It absorbs worlds for their natural resources. And our two main characters' job is to sit in an office deep in the bowels of this massive starship and catalog all of the data that comes from these planets because planet side hippies decided the best way to honor all of the civilizations that they are eating is to write down their histories and then put it in a file somewhere 
and we start this podcast with uh, Bethany, who has been working with a janky, broken AI uh, until Jonas walks in, who is possibly worse at the job than the janky, broken AI. And we just go from there until they find a folder called the extraneous but interesting folder where the people in the general data acquisition and storage department have been storing the interesting stories they find so that they can read them later. And there's a whole bunch of original music that I wrote in GarageBand. Wow. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now I listen to it. Nice. I'm glad. I listen to it with Clem as well. This is Fupa. I listen to all of it on Monday. My take on this, tell me if I'm wrong, was this was just an overall critique of capitalism and the way boomers are like, oh, if we just honor people, then uh, we can just go on treating them like shit. Absolutely. It is a critique of both of those things. <laughs> Absolutely. The, uh, the gist of this story was inspired um at least in part of my my experience protesting in 2020 and then one day seeing a whole bunch of black squares on instagram from people who i knew had been home the whole time i was like ah okay <laughs> thank you now i can't even look at pictures of my friends thanks it sucks when friends disappoint you the dick store and buy a bunch of dicks and take them home and wrap them up and bring them to your house can you can open them and see all the dicks and then you'll say you got me a bunch of dicks Heather had wanted to talk about the trigger warning that was on 16 Candles. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Before it comes on, a warning comes on the television that says, this film includes language and or cultural stereotypes that are inconsistent with today's standards of inclusion and tolerance and may offend some viewers. Why? Because the long duck dong? I think so. Yes. With the gong. Oh, yeah, so, come on. This is 16 candles. Molly Ringwald. No Yankee, my wanky, the donger need We And I, I, I saw know. it and I said, was that a fucking warning? So I rewound it and paused it and took a fucking picture. I could not believe. 16 candles. All I gotta say is there's an actual Asian person playing the part of Long Duck Dong. Yes, there is. It is okay to make fun of your own culture. It was something that was written into the movie for comedic purposes. Like, what the fuck? When was that movie? I mean, it was late 80s, mid 80s. It's okay. We don't need a warning on all movies that are 30 years old. Look, it's offensive. Like, when you go back and watch it, you're like, holy 
fucking shit. We lived like that. <laughs> like this was allowed. It's offensive as fuck. Now it still lives in our memories as something, you know, that we enjoyed. So yeah, we're still going to enjoy the nostalgia of it. Watch it. And I don't care if you like a movie like that, you know, you watch it for what it is. But I feel like anyone who knows that they're watching a movie that's like 35 years old knows they're watching a movie that's 35 years old. It's going to be offensive as fuck. Exactly. I wonder if there's a fucking trigger warning on like a Christmas vacation. The Breakfast Club was on before that. So, of course, it made me like, did they put a fucking warning for The Breakfast Club too? I mean, Hannah and I were watching part of it, and it was the part where they all go and smoke weed in the library, and he starts doing fucking gymnastics and dancing, and I'm like, who the fuck does that when they're high? Like, nobody smokes <laughs> a joint and runs around the library doing cartwheels. That is the crappiest part of the movie. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely the worst part. And then the other part That's where hilarious. they're all running through the school, and it's dead quiet, and the teacher's right in front of him, but he doesn't hear them. And I'm like, we took this shit and loved this shit, and this movie sucks, but I'll still watch it. Like, it's The Breakfast Club. And then 16 Candles with a warning. I'm like, they. I bet you they put a warning up to The Breakfast Club, too. This is just so out of hand. It's so, it's, it's, good Lord. What kind of world do I live in? Ugh. I need to know who your favorite playwright is. That's a really difficult question. It is. You don't need to have <laughs> one. You don't need to have a favorite. I am, I'm going to twist this. I'm going to talk about my influence so I don't have to show my whole ass. I am constantly amazed looking at my work after I'm done how much I was influenced by The Twilight Zone. Ooh, Ooh that's a good one. And like, because I grew up when the Sci-Fi Channel was showing every holiday when they didn't want to afford anything else they would just show twilight zone all day Fuck just- yeah i love the twilight zone marathon yeah yeah new year's eve i have a day with rod serling every new year's eve <laughs> this is how we spend all of our holidays clem and i always doesn't matter what holiday flag day it's great it's awesome and every time like i hear someone talking about oh, it's a stage play. We can't cover their faces. The audience needs to see their faces. I think about the episode of The Twilight Zone where no one's face is shown yeah. for the whole thing. And I'm like, no, you you can cover someone's face for a couple seconds. You'll be fine. Yeah. They already did it. Exactly. If you don't mind, um, before, before we go any further, because we didn't get to this yet. Hi. Hi. Who are you? Where have you come from and what do you do? <laughs> My name is Monte D. Montalegre. That's M-O-N-T-E-D-M-O-N-T-E-L-E-A-G-R-E. It is a hand-me-down name. I'm named after my dad, who is named after my grandpa. My grandpa's name was Stanley, uh, but no, he didn't want anyone to call him that, so he went by Monty. And here I am today. Wait, that's like your legit real name? That's my legit real name. Oh, I'm so jealous, because my real name sucks. <laughs> How, what should we call you? Just call me Monty. That Monty's my full legal first name. Oh well, very happy to have you, Monty. <laughs> I, I, when I when I first came to New York, it was when I was doing like short play festivals, 
I would just have all the actors walk up to me and be like, that's like a stage name, right? No, nope, I've had this my whole life. I've had to explain it to every substitute teacher I've ever had. I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. I moved to New York City in 2019. And then the world ended uh, like six months after I got here. <laughs> yeah, so you got here right to the shit. I was like, I don't want to go home. It's only going to be a couple of weeks. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then I was in an apartment with my roommates and the job I was working shut down. Thank God, because I got on unemployment. I was making more money than I've ever made in my life. It was awesome. The job I was working was a beer subscription company. I am sober, so I don't know anything about beer. I was customer service. And people would be like, which beer do you suggest? And I would just pick the one that I thought was the prettiest color, <laughs> which was always the Amber Ale. <laughs> so, um, and that company was losing a million dollars a month when they hired me. <laughs> so it shut down pretty quickly after, <laughs> after everything else did. <laughs> and then I just sat at home with my roommate who uh, was working at a, like the, a drama school somewhere. And then that drama school shut down because nobody could do rehearsals. Uh, so me and her would just sit at home and listen to car alarms all day because that's all there was after like Animal Crossing was done for the day. Wait a minute, did you tell Clem, did you tell Clem about the Animal Crossing? I don't think so. Okay, we're not going to make this an Animal Crossing podcast, but Clem, Clem, Clem is <laughs> obsessed with Animal Crossing still to this day. <laughs> oh, like you I fucking it love it. I fucking love it. I just watched my roommate play it. I don't have my own Switch. I have a Xbox One uh, somebody I knew pulled out of a dumpster once. It's the best kind of Xbox. And it it turns itself on. Yes, it tells you when it wants to be played. Uh, and it's like a Call of Duty special edition, so it has a sound effect that plays like a, like a robot's about to eat you from the inside out. It's great. I have to explain it to everybody that like is staying over at my apartment that like, hey... If the Xbox wakes up, that's okay. Don't worry. No one's here to eat your insides. <laughs> it's only Call of Duty. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's only Call of Duty, a game that I don't own and I've never played. We also have, I think, a Call of Duty PS something edition, but it doesn't make the sounds. Ah, uh, you gotta get... You gotta go find a dumpster, and then you'll, you'll be set. Just start going through dumpsters. My friend Ryan... He was at this, like, bridal shop once, right? He goes upstairs and he sees, like, a prostitute getting plowed, like, on a dumpster. <laughs> he, like, zooms in with the camera, takes a picture of it, like, sends it to me. Like, I don't know, it was just fucking hilarious, like, the irony of the picture. Like... Uh, it's probably the dumpster that I got my Xbox from. That's probably why it turned itself on. <laughs> That's what was happening. That was the treasure on the other side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a glory hole. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Joel. I don't want to go to jail. In Massachusetts... It is illegal to own an explosive golf ball. <laughs> if you are suffering from any medical complications, we might help you to get a medical compensation with no out-of-pocket cost to you. Do call us back on...
I will repeat it's 888-200-1775. Have a great day. Yes, I want to know how you feel about Weird Al Yankovic. I love him. <laughs> the, what, some of my first albums that I owned were Weird Al albums. Fuck yeah. I remember unwrapping one on Christmas Day. I think I got a Green Day album later that day. I was not nearly as excited about it. Are you addicted to spuds? <laughs> uh, uh, I, I do love a good potato. <laughs> I do love a good potato. <laughs> so... Did you watch the Daniel Rad- Radcliffe? I haven't. Oh, I haven't had a chance to. I want to so bad. It's really good. Really good. Well, I've just been watching all right claymation movies that I wish were better. I, I watched the Wendell and Wild movie like two weeks ago. I think I wanted to like it so much more. I thought it. I thought it looked so cool. I didn't like the story. I thought it was all right. I watched it on a plane. So there was nothing else to do. I'm trying to remember which one that is. That's the the Jordan Peele produced one. Um, the kid that grows horns. No, I don't. I it's the um, it's the black lead one that uh, he and Keegan Michael Key are play demons in it. And it stars like a young girl that's going to a, a private school somewhere. You said that you like you say you like claymation. Have you seen the amazing Mr. Beckford? I haven't. Let me write that down. Um, if you like Frank Zappa at all, um, it's like a they kind of worked together for years. Ooh. What was the name of the movie? The Amazing Mr. Mr. Beckford, because um, the claymation's done by Bruce Beckford. He did this claymation. It took him like five years. And Frank Zappa composed the music for the claymation, and it's fucking insanely good. If you love claymation, that shit is creepy. <laughs> I love creepy. I love claymation. I'm going to check that out. That's all I wanted to say. That was my interrogation. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate being interrogated. Cody 2012 Reception HRW's LRA researcher Ida Sawyer reaffirmed We definitely support the message of the film and we think it's great that they're bringing so much attention to the film with Coney's crimes and the phenomena of the LRA Amnesty International which had documented what it described as the LRA's Horrific impact on the lives of thousands of civilians in Central African Republic, Democratic Republic of Congo, South Sudan, and Uganda, and for years have been calling for the LRA leaders to be arrested. Welcome to the massive public response to the Kony 2012 campaign. Erwin Vanderbort, the organization's Africa director, wrote in a statement, Joseph Kony and other LRA leaders have evaded arrest for far too long. And this campaign is a salient reminder of the continuing crimes by LRA members and the need to arrest and surrender their leaders to the ICC so they can face trial. But added, anyone joining the Coney 2012 campaign should insist that efforts to arrest Joseph Coney must respect human rights, especially because many of LRA members were themselves victims of human rights violations including forcible recruitment.
and ensure the protection of civilians. Trigger warning, somebody might find it offensive. Well, how many movies from the 60s are offensive? Are you putting warnings for all of those too? No, they probably are. Every Mel Brooks movie, like period, is like fucking racially offensive. But it's purposefully that way. And like, once again, the people are playing their correct roles. If people are poking fun of themselves. But it was also a different time. Yeah. We said things we don't say now. We, yeah. we did things we wouldn't do now. And we wouldn't raise our kids to act like that. It's no different than the people who grew up in the 50s. You know, before Martin Luther King and when segregation. Like, we don't do that anymore. You don't need to put up a warning. Like, ugh, it's just so, oh, uh, all these moms. Yeah, just don't be a fucking retard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Excuse sorry. Fuck that. I had the shot. I had to take it. <laughs> you did. And you know you missed 100% of the shots you don't take. <laughs> uh, but I just, oh, my gosh. These kids that are getting brought up right now, what kind of adults are they going to be, seriously? The kids that are being brought up now are our generation's kids. So we collectively are the ones who are causing this. Even like we don't have kids, whatever. I don't have kids. Sarah doesn't have kids. Poopa. Not that you know of. That we know of. Doesn't have any children. Um, And if he did, we're not paying for him. You know, fuck them kids. I believe that children are the future. (laughs) Not mine. (laughs) But our generation raised these kids. So, like, however we created the adult world to be, this is partially on us. No, no, it's not on us. It's on our parents because we are, are the way we are because of our parents and our upbringing. So then people our age are raising these kids because of the way they were brought up. Yeah, and our parents are the way they are because of how their parents raised them. Anyways, that's one thing. We can't just be like, these kids happened in a bubble. That's all I'm saying. My other thing is, I fucking hate trigger warnings. Not because I'm like, ah, you're so sensitive. You should never be offended. Or don't find us. This movie isn't offensive. These movies are expensive as fuck. You know, like looking back at movies from my childhood, that shit is fucking offensive. And I do not know how we survived that. (laughs) But I think people should know that so they can know that they've evolved and then know that they have to keep evolving. Like you should know it. You should see it. And it's offensive. You should watch it. Netflix does it right, in my opinion. Up in the little left hand corner. You know, offensive language, smoking, sexual, whatever. Like, that's that's all you need. Maybe you don't want your kid seeing somebody's bare ass. Okay. Like, let's get real furry. I don't want to go to jail. In Indiana, sniffing glue is a Class B misdemeanor. <laughs> I have two fun facts. Yeah. Okay, the first fun fact is that me and Pee Wee Herman 
have the same birthday. Nice. Another fun fact is Bernie Sanders and Lyndon LaRouche have the same birthday. <laughs> and that's why astrology rules. <laughs> Who's Lyndon LaRouche? I don't even know who that is. There was a man who died for everyone's sins and came back again. This is the story of Capitalist Jesus. Last time, we left Capitalist Jesus with directions to Wall Street. He's taken all of the money he's stolen from buskers and homeless people to triple his money through investments, through a broker he met who had shown contempt towards the homeless population. If I could shoot them all, I would. Why don't they just get a job? That is why I steal from them, my son. Jesus. Happy with the investments he made with drug companies and weapons, he decides he needs more money and wants to stake out a homeless encampment he stumbled upon on the way. When he arrives, he's shocked to observe what was going on around him. As he watches, people shoot dope and sway and stagger around. Jesus decided to pull out his phone and call the police to report the illegal activity. G- 911, what's your emergency? Yes, hi, this is Jesus. I'm in an alleyway about four blocks from Wall Street at the homeless encampment. I saw people purchasing and shooting heroin. I'm afraid someone's overdosing. We'll send out an ambulance and two officers right away, Jesus. The police show up. Nobody overdosed, but all were passed out. One still had a hypodermic needle in his arm. The people were arrested for possession of narcotics and hypodermic needles. Now is my chance to profit. <laughs> the police began spraying the area with hoses. Jesus began collecting the homeless people's belongings as to look like he was helping the police clean the area. And what do you plan to do with those belongings, sir? city. It's greatly appreciated. 
When the cops leave, Jesus starts piling the homeless people's belongings onto a truck. The owner left the keys in it. Jesus gets in and steals the vehicle. Fuck! Someone stole my fucking truck. What am I supposed to do now? Jesus found an abandoned building that he could squat at. So he drives the truck a few blocks away to abandon it and takes the time to wipe his prints. Jesus moves all of his belongings into the squat. He begins searching for how to sell things online, opens an eBay account, and puts all of the homeless people's items on eBay to sell. her grandmother in Lewiston after they realized that the shipping charge for the 48 and a half pound girl was cheaper than the cost of a train ticket. May, with stamps stuck to her coat, traveled in the train's mail compartment. She was delivered to her grandmother by the mail clerk on duty. You share the same birthday as Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman. Did you also get caught jerking off in the adult movie theater? You got caught jerking me off in an adult movie theater. Oh, so you like role play prostitute? Whatever she wants to be. We're all sorts of horny. (laughs) It's funny because it's true. Like, girl, you have a dollar. <laughs> Two dollars. 
<laughs> Wait, what just happened? Go with it. Uh, <laughs> we're just soliciting prostitution online. It's cool. It's cool. Come on down to Brighton Beach. I don't live in Brighton Beach. And I was just like, hey, give me a dollar. And he said, I have two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Cubes. Barcode scanners scan the white part, not the black. Hashtag facts. Cubes. sunscreen and hat and work boots. Hack. I went to a men's worship sharing. Some issues that arose were father's rights and how that tends to attract lots of right-wing types and how it doesn't have to be that at all. Divorce and the military. Some things I spoke about were sexual confusion and the separation between boyhood and adulthood. Darth, the more you tighten your grip, the more systems will slip through your fingers. Princess Leia, the people, to Darth Vader, the American Empire. I crave cats and dogs, anarchist schools where the children run free, parks and gardens. I crave a city mostly free from cars. More hugs, more kisses, more communication with friends, more laughter, more cool old people. My plan is to take art and biology classes up here. Hulk Hogan is staring at me from above my desk. He has a silly grin on his face. have my libido open. Oh, I hear Carl. Hi, Carl. What's up? So I had this idea. I think we need a Carl plush. <laughs> I agree. Can we do this? A Carl what? Plushy. Like a, a stuffed Carl doll. Oh, they already fucking made them. It's like it's fucking Captain Carl from Pee-wee's Playhouse. I'm telling you, it's the same fucking shit. Okay, then. Should be easy. I want to see if they actually have a fucking Captain Carl doll. I want to be clear. I'm not making fun of you, Carl, in any way. I want to hang out with you so much. I appreciate you, and I, I want to have a plushie of you, and that's not weird. Oh, my God. They, they have a fucking Captain Carl action figure. Oh, my God. All right, so I'm going to send a picture of that to you. Ah, there we go. 
<laughs> you gotta share that shit, man. <laughs> this is what Sarah's saying Carl looks like. <laughs> I, I, I'm behind. I'm the- <laughs> Carl, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> don't look like that. No, I don't. I, I want that. I kind of want it too. That's incredible. <laughs> Just like how they don't even try to hide the costume makeup on Phil Hartman in that picture. And the doll looks nothing like it. <laughs> it's not even Phil Hartman. Goodbye, Queen Elizabeth, too. Man, you really knew how to work the shaft and balls and slap against your mouth. And it seemed to me you lived your life like the mother of a pedophile, wearing crowns and shit in limousines. Fuck you, sons of bitches. Because she would have liked to known you but you could eat her ass Her candle burned out long before Something about an ass Why are people triggered? I'm offended by triggered It's the T word <laughs> I'm offended by triggered I don't know, like what what the fuck are you offended for? Well, that why is everybody offended by everything? Yeah. Just fucking let people live their life. It doesn't affect you. Like, I'm not disagreeing that a lot of shit people find offensive is actually offensive. It's just that I think that you need to be exposed to it to understand how to change things in the world. I don't think that you can change them by not seeing what's out there that's my only issue we should see how offensive people are you know so we know what you want to do different with your own children well yeah deal with the real world and most people aren't fucking nice and like i don't know if you tell me 16 candles is offensive like i'm not gonna disagree with you it's offensive as fuck if i may speak on 16 candles for a second is, is the american slang of dong meaning penis because it's a relative to China or because it looks like something that would bang a bell and go dong, dong. Right, but that's also part of the movie because they make the dong noise in the movie. I, yeah, it's I, offensive. Yeah, I mean... Uh, okay, offensive. I'm not saying it's not. Or is it just offensive to white people that like to be offended about it? Yes, exactly. I just think you should be exposed to offensive shit. Like Howard the Duck. I think people in general need to be offended. That's why I say, like, if you want to be fucking offended, watch every John Waters film. That includes Pink Flamingos. And you'll be really offended. And it's great. I agree. I just think being offended is just, I'm not like suck it up as part of life. I think it's important for the growth of people. You know, as you as a person, like being offended is an important part of that. There's a reason we get offended. 
So I think people need to be offended. Being offended is also a personal opinion because what offends me may not offend you. Being offended by something, there's no standard for it. You're going to get offended at some point in your life and you just, you have to make a choice how you're going to deal with it. But I'm, I'm sorry, a 35, 40 year old movie. No, I'm not offended by it. I'm sorry. We know what's wrong with that movie. We don't need a warning before it. I mean, if we're going to have a warning, you should have like a warning on this podcast. Mike contains someone masturbating to 9-11. <laughs> I think it did. <laughs> I mean, because I don't like trigger warnings, dude, because like we're fucking offensive, you know? I don't mind trigger warnings for certain subjects. If something is about a school shooting or a violent rape, that's when I find trigger warnings are appropriate because somebody who went through that may not want to watch it. Right, but I went through having to see James Carville's face. No one puts a trigger warning on that. And I don't think you guys know how offended I am by it. That man looks like a ghoul from the Fallout games. Don't tell me what I like to hear. A little big dick. Have no fear. Coming up behind you. Enter in the back. Big vicious dick. Hanging sack. What I've got for you. Heart attack ensue. Sitting on the toilet. I let my nuts hang. Balls in the water. Call me Larry King. Wear suspenders. Hold up the ding-a-ling. Everyone's in shock. Better open wide. Speed boxing your tonsils. Astroglide. Come inside. So much fun. Thinking of you. Thumb in the buns. No other love. Like gold bond. Keeping my nuts fresh. When I spray it on. Don't tell me what I like to hear. A little big dick. Have no fear. But I am always fascinated to know what big news story do you remember? Like, that you remember that you didn't learn about? That's an interesting question. Because I'm in that age range where most of the people my age, their first big news story is 9-11. But mine isn't. I don't remember where I was when it happened. I guess I was really laissez-faire about an attack on American soil when I was in whatever grade I was in at that time. Because my first big memory, if uh, looking back, my memory's spotty all over the place, uh, is Michael Jackson dying? And I'm not even yes! a big fan oh, of Michael Jackson. <laughs> that was a huge news story. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
Like my mom woke me up. I was in a bar when that happened, so I feel real old. Oh, yeah. I was at work. Like, I am for everything. <laughs> my mom woke me up to tell me Michael Jackson died. That's what I remember. That's where I remember. That's my flashbulb memory. Not 9-11. Michael Jackson dying. I don't even like Michael Jackson's music that much. It's more of an explosion than a flashbulb. <laughs> Handful of explosions, if I remember correctly, yeah. which I don't. No, if that's a great answer. I've never heard anyone say that, but that's excellent. Excellent. I was in the car. <laughs> Somebody called me. I was at work. Well, you were at work for all big news stories, weren't you? Yeah, I feel like I was. I was at work for yeah. OJ. I was at work for 9-11. I was at work. What did we just say? COVID. Michael Jackson? I was at Michael work Jackson. during COVID yeah. for a lot of it. <laughs> um. I, oh, I worked, a, I worked a, at a WeWork. And the first COVID uh. case in that building... Uh, WeWorks are awful. Don't go into a WeWork. It's awful. All the walls are glass, and they're all different businesses. But when you're working in one, all you can hear is every other customer service rep on the floor making desperate <laughs> phone calls for their failing startup. And then you have to make your own desperate email for a failing startup. <laughs> it's just awful. But I remember the first um, COVID case, the, the WeWork sent an email to everybody that worked there that there was a COVID case like 12 floors below us. And the next thing I heard was just a stampede of footsteps through the whole building going to the elevator. And I, I was like one of five people left in the building till the end of the day and I never stepped foot in there again. Did you ever get COVID? Twice. Yeah, the first time was awful. Like I got a lot of brain fog. I couldn't remember where I was. Like, like that feeling when you walk into a room and you're like, why am I here? I got that feeling while I was standing in line to get a COVID test. I was like, this is, I don't know why I even need to take the test. I think I should just go home. And the second time it was like a cold. It, it was, so I just got a few days off work and they paid me for it. Yeah, I work it up. I work at a preschool now, so they don't want me around the kids when, when I'm sick. Get the hell out of here. Oh, but are we talking capacity? <laughs> you know this, Clem? Did you know this already? I did not. I did not. I did not know this, Poopa. <laughs> All right, let's try this one on. Um, my last job before this, I was an apprentice diamond setter. Is that part of your backstory too, by any chance? No. Ah, damn, I thought we were in a time loop. I'm, I'm making <laughs> this all about me now, and I didn't mean to do that. Oh, go ahead. It's your turn. It's your podcast. I was told that you were a fellow drama major. Yeah. I did not know that you were also a fellow former preschool teacher. Current preschool teacher. I got off work like an hour ago. Current? Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Congratulations. That's a long freaking day. Yeah, I just got all the piss off my shoes, so. Good. My... <laughs> I still have it on mine. <laughs> but that's because we didn't have any water yesterday. Hunter Biden no fap. How long do you think that lasts? 40 minutes? I don't want to go to in Gainesville County, Georgia, it is illegal to eat fried chicken with anything but your hands. <laughs> Find me an 18-year-old who can support themselves. Clem and I were just talking about this the other night. Find me a 47-year-old who can support themselves right now. I I know. Beto O'Rourke. Robert. <laughs> oh, I hate that guy. I think he's older than 47. Oh, poor Beto. 
He's not someone I like, but he's probably not as bad as I think he is. But I fucking hate him. I just feel bad for him. He tries I so don't. hard, and he no, just he doesn't. Can't. He barely he's tries. We're gonna win. He's like, oh, I'm pretty. Look at me. He's like the Evan Dando of candidates. <laughs> piece of shit. And Evan Dando is not a piece of shit, but Beto O'Rourke is. Beto <laughs> O'Rourke is the piece of shit version of Evan Dando. That's it. Hashtag fact. That's greasy and zitty feeling to me. I need to like get an oxy pad. <laughs> I need to oxygenate this problem. Happy Osama bin Laden, you did it, you took him down. Boom, crash, burn, there they go. Happy birthday in 9-11, cause 9-11 is your birthday, Osama bin Laden. Or at least it was until you got deaded. Oh, we shot your ass, threw you into the sea. That's what you get for messing with the U.S. of me. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself in 9-11 heaven, Osama. In July 1985, Jerome Moody drowned while attending a pool party at which over 100 New Orleans lifeguards were celebrating a summer season without any drownings. Moody, who had been drinking heavily, fell into the pool at the end of the party, just as the lifeguards were ordering everyone out of the water. By the time anyone noticed him in the pool, it was too late. Cody 2012 Reception Anthony Lake the executive director of UNICEF, was cited as saying that a similar viral video would have made a difference during the Rwandan genocide in 1994, also suggesting that this kind of public attention would also have helped save more lives in Darfur and Congo's warring east. Human Rights Watch, Africa's senior division senior researcher, Annika von Wudenberg, wrote in a statement, We've spent years investigating the horrors perpetrated by the LRA in Central Africa. Uganda, Democratic Republic of Congo, Central African Republic, and South Sudan. We gathered evidence at massacre sites. Wooden clubs covered in dried blood, 
rubber strips from bicycle tires used to tie up the victims and freshly dug graves, and spoke to hundreds of boys and girls forced to fight for his army or held captive as sex slaves. And we're related that Stop Coney is a trending topic on Twitter. If anyone deserves global notoriety, it's Coney, she added. Arresting Coney and other senior LRA leaders would reaffirm that those who commit mass atrocities will face justice. It will also help end the scourge of one of the most brutal rebel groups in Africa. And that'll wrap it up for this week. If you'd like to send us some dick pics, our email is legsandeggspodcast at gmail.com. You can see us on Twitter at legsandeggspod. And you can check out our merch store. It's linked in our show description. Once again, I'm Fupa Jones. On behalf of everyone here at the Legs and Eggs podcast, we'd like to thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.